0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homie. I am your host. And I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show takes you to those places. It takes you into the field to where you have those mastermind meetings and aha moments that either change your life and business, or at least move you a little bit closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Sometimes I do these in public places. You may hear background chatter from the nearby table. I do them from tea houses, cigar shops, my balcony. Uh, we've had guests dial from some pretty interesting locations too. In one case, it was somebody in a tent during a monsoon or a downpour in the colombian rainforest another time we had a guest who was in an airport hangar in tel aviv israel and you could hear the idf jets whooshing over his head as he spoke with us so we make it very real here we don't have some twenty-five 000, uh hollywood studio in fact one of my core values is mobility i move around a lot so We imagine that many of you do as well, given who our audience tend to be. And if this is you, you are absolutely in a place you're gonna find very familiar and welcoming. So today we're going to discuss something that facilitates ability to not be chained to a desk from nine to five or whatever hours you keep. It's automating the customer journey and creating consistent processes to make more time and revenue. This is something that everybody says they want. They want automating the customer journey. They want to have leads served to them on a silver platter. They want uh, to be able to render customer service without having to either do it all themselves, push every button, or have to hire a human being to manually track it all. Uh, There are so many ways that we can automate this, and then the pushback is people still want to deal with people. Bob Berg, who I shared a stage with at Dream Business Academy, famously said, all things being equal, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. I add to that. I agree with Bob, and I add to it that most of all, people do business with people that they see as human beings, not artificial intelligence scripts or sales messages. So this is a very timely topic, particularly in the era of Uh, of artificial intelligence and the continuing push to build tech stacks and automate everything there are some companies I can think of a few that have managed to actually reduce their automation and make it more of a personalized customer journey where you deal with real people every step of the way uh the challenge with that is is you have to have a shit ton of money to do it candidly because you got to hire you got to pay people you got to hire them full-time if you want that level of dedication to your business no contractor is going to show the same amount of love for your business as they are for their own even if they love even if they love your business even if they're a great fit, and they have a rooting visceral interest in your success. So somewhere in the middle there, we got to find the answer. And automation is part of it. There are certain things that should not be done manually every time. We got to do it in such a way where the customer still feels like they are being tended to personally by a human being who cares. To share with us today on this and if I butcher this name she will correct me as soon as I introduce her um, her name is Jamie Gilliland and I'm and I'm open to correction on that I'm going to tell you briefly about her she's an international speaker best-selling author and sales and automation expert that has been involved in sales marketing and technology for decades she's had thousands of happy clients and millions of dollars in closed sales she's one of the most successful keep K-E-A-P you know division of Infusionsoft, partners in the world, garnering hours, excuse me, honors for sales and retention. Her strategies and campaigns have been used by some of the biggest names in the coaching industry for one simple reason, they work. So she shares her secrets of business and automation success through her next comma coaching programs, Keep It Simple Strategies, and is a trusted advisor to dozens dozen companies and business around the world. She sits on both the Ignition partner and product advisory groups for Keep and Insider. Still, She makes the time to personally train entrepreneurs and business owners through weekly calls, group coaching, and live training events. Jamie and her team help business owners and entrepreneurs grow their businesses in ways they never imagined not only through practical advice, but also by outlining the exact steps our clients need to reach their goals in their own businesses. Remember, you don't know what you don't know, and if you aren't sure where to start systemizing your businesses and processes, you can never scale. Last year, Jamie and her brands helped to account for millions of dollars in closed sales for their clients. How much that could have been yours? These are solutions at work. Woo! Jamie <laughs> go, go in if I'm pronouncing that name correctly and if not correctly correct me? Come on in. You nailed
2: it, Adam. So most people say Gleeland, but no, I always say, and remember the decades I've been in the business, I always say Gilligan's Island without the middle. So you nailed it.
1: All right, so uh, that's that. And it's, Jamie and I were discussing in the green room. It's part of my process for hosting the Business Creators Radio Show. Some of the teaching on podcasting says as a host, you're supposed to go and listen to four of your prospective guests' episodes, and if they have a book, you're supposed to read it in advance. And to that, I say. <laughs> Who the hell has time for that (laughs) shit? I mean, uh, so that's that's why we have a
2: professional podcaster. There's no time for that.
1: Well, if you are a professional podcaster, you shouldn't be making time for that. You should have a process in place that allows you to quickly gather information at a glance that gives you everything you need, nothing you don't. So you can quickly make the decision that that guest will add value to your lineup, will have a unique message that's, that's going to capture the audience, draw them in, and give them something that's valuable without having to do any research at all. And as a host, you should have the skills to be able to jump into any conversation ready to go. Jamie, you may remember from our green room conversation before we went live here thats or started recording that uh, I told you that other than me scanning your application a few weeks ago and then telling my assistant, go ahead and schedule this one, I have no idea who the hell you are. I mean, uh, remember remember, I phrase this said, I'm so happy to have you here. Give me a moment. I'll tell you why. Because I had to go, look, I didn't even look at my notes before we uh, turned the Zoom on.
2: And And if you recall, my answer was the same exact thing because I'm in the same way. My assistant schedules me and takes care of everything. The automation handles it. And I show up and say, what are we talking about? Let's go.
1: I I remember. I remember that you. You see, you're ready to go here, and you weren't even sure which topic we were we were covering. That is the apex of lean agile efficiency, if you ask me. I love. And and, and look at this. We're both here um, at uh, level 100, ace, ready to go. Before exactly. we before we dive into this very exciting topic, well, we I read off your official bio. It's so impressive. I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here, and this is my show. Uh What <laughs> we like to do is I read off the official version, and I went through it fast because there's a lot, and I even whoo, at the end of it. Uh, but let's <laughs> I was thinking learn, It was a little long. <laughs> but let's learn just a little bit about Jamie and outside. The official press release tell us a bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion
2: sure absolutely i have the perfect story to tell you and by the way if we go back to the guessing what we're talking about i actually run five companies without yeah. automation i couldn't do that so some podcasts i'm talking about publishing books some co- i'm talking about personal development some i'm talking about automation um, again, I couldn't, they're all pieces and parts and brands under one company, but they're totally different topics. And uh, without the automation, I couldn't run all of those different brands. So story about me. Well, way back when, when I started as a consultant, I was working with a company that started a real estate um, a real estate office, a residential real estate firm, and we turned it into a franchise. So I was one of the top 100 franchises in the year 2006. We had an IPO on Wall Street for $3 million. We had sold our first four franchises. I was a CEO of the company. Come Martin Luther King's birthday that year, so we're coming up on the anniversary here, I was diagnosed with a massive brain tumor. Oh, dear. I was told by the doctors I had six months to live. And I told them I didn't agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are my other options? <laughs> that, that doesn't work for me. And they said, well, you can have the surgery, but you only have a 20% chance of surviving. We suggest you do this. And I said, nope here's what we're going to do. You're going to do the surgery. I'm going to survive. And I'm going to watch my kids grow up who were four and six at the time. I'm going to watch them grow up and get married. Well, one of the four-year-olds is getting married next month. So I beat the brain tumor. Unfortunately, in the six months I was dealing with the brain tumor, my company which I had literally written the franchise book on how to run the business for the franchisees. I never wrote the operations manual or the systems, put the systems in place to run the corporate executive offices without me there. So in the six months I was dealing with my health, my partner ran the business into the ground. And when I finally came back to Being able to go back to work, there was no company to come back to. So lots of other stuff happened, but that was the spark of me becoming passionate about building systems, having processes that are duplicable, that are operational, even if a piece of the puzzle falls out. Once you have that set up, whether you're an individual entrepreneur who is just starting to create systems and thinking about hiring, thinking about bringing people on, when you have the systems in place and you know that you're creating a consistent process for the customer experience, and you know you're creating a consistent process for the fulfillment of that customer experience, then you can grow and scale to your heart's desire or you can stay a solopreneur and still grow and scale without bringing on staff.
1: Right. Yeah. And and see, that's what's challenging. People don't always have money to outsource and then they get caught in this ox and horse cart uh, vortex where they need money to hire and they need to hire to get money. And it's, it's challenging. And uh, you know, you, you, it, 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 because it's easy to say, oh, just outsource, find it. Make a list of everything that's not the center of your brilliance and your passion and hire people to do all that stuff today. <laughs> okay, great. And I've seen people do that. I remember, and I've shared this in other episodes. Uh, somebody, I saw somebody who attended one of these webinars about delegation and outsourcing, and then the next day, I I, I saw them post on their, uh, I think it was their Facebook wall. They said, "I attended this webinar yesterday. And it was so awesome. I'm taking massive action. I just hired two webmasters, uh, three digital marketing people, four copywriters, <laughs> two virtual assistants, three personal assistants, uh, and and a dog walker." Okay, great. So you went. Uh, to some place where they have virtual assistance for hire, whether that's Fiverr or one of the, or, exactly. um, or, um, or uh, what's, what's that other one free up. Uh, and you just hired a whole bunch of people, but what's your plan? What's your strategy? What, you, what are you going to do with them? Did you just hire a bunch of folks uh, so you can throw busy work at them? Uh, did you, uh, did you over hire without even knowing what you're going to hire them for? So you're going to end up paying money for nothing or paying yeah. money for busy work. that's not really going to develop your business. See,
2: and, and, I, and stop the flow of what you're doing to stop and train them that's, so the, other, that
1: that's the other that's the other thing that's the other thing yeah so when I hear of an entrepreneur that has a process it's basically something that could either be automated or outsourced because it's substantially the same thing every time uh and they say well I'm not doing it like let's say for example it's setting up um a uh it's setting up the flow for a registration for a webinar uh, and they say well I'm not doing this anymore I'm hiring somebody and what I say is yeah, you're going to do it. Yeah, you are doing it some more. You're doing it one more time. We're going to record yourself doing it slowly, step by step, explaining every single step and why those steps are important. And then you're going to use that to hand it to somebody. You're going to say, watch this thoroughly. Uh, and then do it the way I tell you the first time. And then if you have any shortcuts or innovations of your own, as long as it looks the same on the as long as it looks the same customer facing, go ahead and implement those. So we yep. communicate the results. Like uh, when I do webinars, I have a specific process that I designed for myself that's unique to my business and I only download to my paying clients. And I had hired somebody to set up my webinar funnels. And the first time they did it, I saw what they did, and I said, uh, "Did you watch my video?" <laughs>
2: they said, <laughs> "No." They said, well,
1: they said, "I didn't really need to watch the video. I know how to do this." Like, yeah, yeah. This this is not Reach System standard. I uh, I need you to watch the video and redo this. Also, with our podcast Reach System, we work with entrepreneurs to launch your podcasts. If they express an interest in getting the tutorial on how to post and produce their own episodes. We build that for the client and it'll be me doing it one time for the client where they'll watch over my shoulder, watch me edit an episode, render an episode, upload an episode, create, create the stuff for the blog post, put it on YouTube and everything else. Step by step by step by step as I explain everything. And I uh, mm-hmm. handed this off to somebody's assistant. And then I saw the first episode they posted on their own. And uh, my and I, and I immediately contacted the assistant and I said, you watched about the first 45 minutes of the video, correct? <laughs> they said, yeah, because the first, because the first 45 minutes worth you got right through. And that, then from that point there is when it went to hell. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bloom, I think is the greatest tool for training that has come out in decades.
1: Yeah. I am. Um, uh, yeah. You're yeah, one of my longtime clients. And if he's listening, cause I know he listens a lot of my episodes, he'll know who he is, is uh, he, um, yeah, he had uh, a lot of questions and it felt like I was explaining things to him over and over and over again to the point where I was actually getting frustrated with it. Uh, to the point where we got into an argument over it. And uh, finally I tried a new tack. I I thought, okay, for the th- he, he's asked me for the 19th time how to post, how to post to his blog, which you'd think he'd know cuz he'd been doing it for 20 years, but he <laughs> needed to be taught again. Okay, some people are like that. You're creatives, you're innovators. Usually you're not your detail people and vice versa. He was exactly where he needed to be. So I want to make that clear. Uh, And he needed some help with the stuff that was not his center of his brilliance and passion. But he wanted to be able to post to his own blog because he wanted to be able to communicate with his audience whenever he felt like it without having to wait for anybody else. And I respect that value. So I thought, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn on Camtasia and I'm going to film myself posting a blog post for him. And yep. I sent it off to him. And then uh, when I heard back, he said, "You know, uh, I saw your video, and uh, before I got back to you, I sent it over to my girlfriend and had her watch it because I wanted her to see what customer service looks like.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: yeah, and from that from that point forward, i I, I understood uh, this or be, at least began to create gain a functional use of how to combine automation and systemization with the human touch so yeah. for us today i guess the first thing i want to know is uh you know when you know when for you and let's expand this a little bit further did the light go on that so many things in a service business could be automated so for example amazon and the world online have made many of us aware that you can automate products but services especially when we're talking about agencies like many of our listeners uh small businesses that handle maybe 20 clients uh so how did you figure that out? I mean, what was your process for processing for, for that out?
2: Sure. Well, one of the first things that I make all of my clients do is actually my free gift today is I call it the activity tracker. And it's a simple spreadsheet, if you will, piece of paper that I have them print out. And every 15 minutes I have them stop for two weeks and they swear at me when I give them the, the project. And at the end of the two weeks, they're like, "Oh my God, we're so thankful you gave that to us." But for every 15 minutes, they track what they did in the last 15 minutes: sent XYZ email to 40th customer of the day, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, did this, did that, whatever it is. And if they have a more, if they're a solopreneur, they do it themselves. If they have employees and outsource staff, I have the staff do it as well. And we can look at that and see the repetitive pieces that happen over and over. Sent text reminding about appointment tomorrow, um, you know, whatever, whatever the tasks are. Followed through, mailed this, did, for, did fulfillment on this book cover that was going out or whatever. So as they track that, we can then look at that and say, okay, you sent this email 25 times this week. Let's automate that. We sent, we did certain social media pieces, same thing over and over again. And it took you two hours a day. Let's combine that into a process where you pre-post them all at once and you upload them from whatever, right? So we create different processes. That helps people see what are the things, A, that can be automated or can be delegated. For a solopreneur, I have them a lot of times look at this and say, look, I'm spending, like your friend, I'm spending all this time doing this. This is not my place of brilliance or genius. And quite frankly, I'm not making any money at it. So It's better for me to pay a VA twenty dollars an hour than the hundred and twenty or four hundred or thousand dollar an hour. I should be making talking to a client or providing services. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. Dollars and cents, literally.
2: Literally, <laughs> I uh, I was laughing at your example about the guy that went to the session about delegating. The thing I came back from one of those was hiring a maid. That was my uh-huh. first delegation was hiring a housekeeper. And I justify that every single day. I make much more money than it takes for me to run around washing clothes and changing sheets. So, yeah,
1: well, you know, it, it, it's funny. There's science that shows that sometimes performing rote tasks is a way to spur your creativity. It's, it's interesting how neuroscience explains that. But like, for example, um, I delegate a lot in my business. I, you know, I've spoken, you know, within the context of our interview and also in our in our pregame chatter about how my actual involvement in the business creators radio show is very limited. All I do is pick the guest, show up and interview them and then hand off the recording to my assistant, along with a, a brief worksheet I fill out. That's it. That's my entire involvement. Sure. I don't. I don't even. I don't even decide the scheduling of the interviews, other than uh, other than if somebody requests a certain date because it ties in with their book launch, and we were able to honor that due to having room on the schedule. So I have uh, like there's a cigar shop I go to locally, and a few of the regulars there are followers of my podcast. So, uh, so what happens is is uh, I'll walk in, they'll say, "Hey, caught your podcast today. It was great." Now, and I'll say, "What'd you like about it?" You know why I asked that? Because I have no idea what the hell we I have no idea what one this yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, after you and I finish this interview, any ongoing relationship you and I have is going to be outside the context of us having done this episode.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it, which is to me as it should be. So right. uh for example, I delegate a lot of stuff, but one thing that I do myself is uh is uh data entry into QuickBooks for my bookkeeping. And I'll tell you why. Two reasons. Number one. That pulling data off my business checking and checking the category and clicking yes, 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 over and over again, yeah, it's dull, it's irritating. However, when I do it, I also keep a notepad and two pens right beside me to catch all the brainstorms and inspirations that will come up while my brain just, the, the, the creative side of my brain just goes into overdrive, innovating for my business. And the other and the other piece of it is is seeing the numbers at that level tells me more about my financial picture than looking at some bar graph that somebody created ever will.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. it's
1: visceral. Now I have another story of. Now, unfortunately, my business model is simple enough that I can do that. But when I get to the point where I have forty-five different corporations and I'm running seven different businesses and I have holding companies and shell companies to pass through revenue to uh, leverage tax laws and things like that, yeah, I think I'm going to be doing the less bookkeeping there. But uh, we're not there yet. But we'll get there. Uh, and there's another one where the guy—it was another guy um, who really loved cutting his grass. And his wife kept mm-hmm. telling him, you got to stop cutting your grass. It's taking away from your ability to manage your business and be successful. So one day he came home and found that his wife had bought him a present, a riding lawn. It bought him a present and it wasn't a riding lawnmower. The present was the money she had get- gotten him for selling the riding lawnmower that mm-hmm. was now allocated toward the person that he- she just hired to come cut their grass for him. Uh mm-hmm. He immediately fired the guy and went and got another riding lawnmower because that hour every week that he spent driving around his yard was his hour Creator. to go trance level thinking about his business. I mean, he tried actually, – actually, to modify the story and get it correct, he tried the whole thing of let somebody else cut the grass for two weeks – and he found himself listening to the lawnmower in his office thinking, I should really be out there doing this. I'm really having a brain fart right now, and I can't think.
2: Yeah. My husband's a writer, so every so often he'll go out and tinker with the car because uh-huh. that that lets him get creative or take a walk in the woods. So, um, yeah, absolutely, I understand that
1: yeah yeah that that's that's and that's very that's very important you know you mentioned amazon well did you know that jeff bezos washes his own dishes after dinner (laughs) it's for the same reason yeah he he needs to do a rote basic activity because he understands the neuroscience that spurs the innovation that gives him ideas for his businesses yep so that absolutely. 10 minutes he t- so that 10 minutes he takes sponging off the dishes and putting them in the rack and then drying them and putting them back in the cupboards that's valuable creative time to him.
2: Yep, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, so what are yeah, so what are some of the metrics you've uncovered with all this? So is it really saving business owners time and what's it doing for their bottom line?
2: Oh, absolutely. The tracker itself we find everyone that goes through it saves four to 10 hours, depending upon where where they are in the level in the company, um, four to 10 hours of time. Um, and it's giving them, I don't have metrics on what it's doing to the company, but it's giving them time to look at being creative, to produce more products, more services, and to deliver at that higher dollar value. Versus busy work that was taking up their time. Yeah. Now, the automating, so that's the first thing that helps to save time and bring in more revenues. The automating the customer journey itself is a little different process that I put everybody through. And that's where you create the consistencies. And that's where the real revenue jumps come in. Um, so, the process I have people go through for that is I have you pick your last, you know, we all have a favorite customer, one that we wish we had 25 of, because A, we'd have an easy life, B, we'd be serving and doing amazing things with our products, services, changing the world, and C, we'd always have a smile on our face versus that customer that you see the phone ring. And you cringe and go, "Oh God, I don't want to answer this phone call." Uh huh. Which is why, which it. is
1: which is why all my calls are scheduled, and I don't make calls unless it's urgent.
2: There you go. Exactly. So, so what I have them do is pick that favorite customer, and then we go through the process: where did you find them, or where did they find you? What was the sales process? Was there a consultation? Did they walk into a brick and mortar and just buy a product and ask about more? Did they look for specialty products? Whatever it was, what was what, what? did they buy? And then once they bought the first one, what was their next product? What was the conversation like? Who helped them? What was the process? So depending upon whether the majority of my clients are speakers, authors, and coaches, um, but I work with a lot of brick and mortars as well. So depending upon whether it's a product or service, you know, we have a, a little slightly different process, but we map out exactly what that perfect client experience looked like down to yeah. details. What emails did they receive? What were the words that were said? What texts did they get? Entire process. Then we go and we go back to that customer that we dread talking to, the one that's been a pain in the butt.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And we map out the same exact thing, who helped them, who set the expectations, what, where were the expectations, all the same process. And then it's really eye-opening when we compare the two, because we'll see where something went off the rails. Uh-huh. And how we want to make sure that that doesn't happen again. We can put a system or a process in place that, you know, XYZ expectations are signed off on ahead of time, or yeah. delivery is only made by this particular person for this high level product, whatever the case may be. Um, and that allows us to create that system. Whether that system is automation pieces, even personnel pieces, that the delivery of the process, this is what we consider uh, a delivery. This is what we consider acceptable on the time frame it is delivered, on the way it's packaged when it's delivered, how the bow is tied that is on the package they take out of the box, whatever it is. Um, And when we do that, the customer experience goes skyrockets, the referrals skyrocket, the customer satisfaction skyrockets, and the revenues are just off the chain.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and and that's something that I think everybody should do is be willing to look introspectively at your processes. Two years ago, I launched the podcast reach system, uh, our proprietary process for working with entrepreneurs like you to launch your podcast, your key networking, client attractions, library expert branding tool. I did a pilot program. I had a couple really great clients and we've had a whole bunch of clients since then, but I noticed some trends and I'm disclosing this candidly. Cause I think it's important for our listeners to hear this. Uh, we ended up having time and time again, overruns on time. So the projects mm-hmm. took longer than they were supposed to. So yeah. I was willing because I disciplined myself to do this, to go through every single one of those projects and timeline them and look for what went really well, uh, where did things go off the rails? And also, at what points did I begin intervening in the process to speed it up? Yeah. I took those, I I looked at the third thing, where I looked, intervened to speed things up. One of which was, is a big piece of the initial work is having the client create their title, tagline, and description. Well, then now you have two weeks of back and forth over that. and uh, then that's after the week of getting them to actually write the stuff down and the rescheduled and the rescheduled calls because they didn't weren't able to get it done and the angst and everything else. So I changed and, th- and then there's a the whole thing of then I have to go uh, use that to manually create site for the content, the the content for their their dedicated podcast website. So then I thought, you know what? I'll do a one-hour call with them where I ask a series of questions to get me the information I need. I'll record it. I'll get it transcribed professionally by a company like ZoomScribe rather than an AI, like a, a nice, clean one. I'll pay the 70 bucks for it, and uh, that'll give me what I need. I'll write their damn title, tagline, description, have them sign off on it, and then I'll use that approval to generate their site content, their scripts for their intros and outros, uh, everything they need, uh, their their swipe files for their guests, because I've designed it all where it's using the same information and rearranging it to fill in the blanks over and over again. I'll hand them that document and say, any questions? Yeah. And then, and then when they start fussing with it, I'll say, all this has to fit within a specific amount of space in the template. You can't make it any longer. And I'll say, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and then, and then I also uh, went through the process of okay, so creating these websites, it seems like we're doing the same manual programming to create the same widgets that are part of the standard uh, aesthetic design of the sites over and over again. Well, what if I built just one and created and created an export file? Then I did that. So in December, we signed a client uh i'll even i'll even tell you who it is brett ridgeway uh, his uh, his podcast is spotlightonspeaking.com. i'm giving him a shout out because it's a great show you need to go see it and i said with him we're putting all this to the test and i put it on the line with him i said in six weeks you will have a live podcast i didn't say there were no ifs ands or buts about it and i even pre-scheduled six calls with him right then and there weekly Yep. So that he could see that there was a six week process to it. And I, and I tried every single innovation I tried and we actually came in at five and a half weeks, even when you delete the week uh, that I took off for Christmas and new year's.
2: Mm-hmm. I love it.
1: That was the prover. So and in the process of that, I had I built change logs. I, b- I had a separate notepad where I wrote down little things I discovered uh, about the process I can optimize even further. Uh, I used his process to fine-tune the worksheets and the templates I developed. And uh, so in a way, it was applying automation to a human process for those who are not ready for artificial intelligence, maybe not in a place where they're ready to fully trust a virtual assistant or, or a paid hired gun to handle the high level work for their clients. Uh, well, if there's some things you just can't let go, what you can let go of is the repetition.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's why we do the things and the documenting that you've done, um, whether it is a lot of people kind of complain if I say you got to document everything. Uh The the answer, as I said, is use Loom or if you've got Camtasia, whatever. Use Loom is free and it's easy. You literally record what the process is, how the process is going and go back and use, I use Otter or Rev and transcribe it and there's your documentation quick easy and you've already taken the time to do it you're not taking extra time to document it
1: right right yeah you you create one time in advance essentially so it becomes almost a fill-in-the-blanks exercise for you another thing i did for myself is i also recognized that um running long on things and the and setting aside dedicated time where i'm going to put myself into trance and dive into the project and i ended up blowing all those days on little things here and there so i implemented two things for the work that I do, one of which is bundling tasks and then enforcing on clients that, hey, um, I can't do onesies, twosies. You got to get me four or five or you got or we got to build a process where I'm basically doing a sit down on you and doing most of your work in one session. So it's basically a project rather than back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The right. second thing is I recognized I need a bit of adult supervision. Uh, so I did a couple things. First of all, is I subtly adjusted the inner circle that I speak with on a day-to-day basis to include more people who are in the same position as I am, where we can share stories, uh, get help from each other and provide tips for each other. Cause you know how, you know how they say, sit at the winner's table, the conversation is different.
2: Yep. You well, are I, I, some I, of the people
1: yep, you hang out with. Yep. Well, I, I, I just, I decided I'm going to pull up a chair to the table of the people who are, who are, who are, dedicated to making it happen not even dedicated to it who are making it happen who are actually candidly in the place i'm at right now and are going the place where i'm going because those are the people you want to hike with
2: absolutely so many people i find especially in the corporate world but even when they move into the entrepreneurial world want to be the smartest person in the room
1: Oh, I, I want to be the. I, I want to be the
2: dumbest.
1: Yeah, I'm yes, yeah.
2: Surrounded by people that are so much smarter than me that I can glean, and and learn from, and then give back to the people in the room that I'm surrounded by.
1: Yeah. Well, see, this this is how I look at it. Sometimes you're the smartest person in the room and sometimes you're the dumbest person in the room. Here's why both are important. When you're the smartest person in the room, you have the you have the potential to change that dumb person's life. Exactly. And when you're the dumbest person in the room, you are open to having change for yourself. Yeah. And, and 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 knowing that it's okay to be in both places when it's called for. Uh, also, also I've discovered and fine tuning the type of clients I like to work with. Um, I don't want to be the one-eyed man leading the blind because you know, what tends to happen there is then they tend to idolize you, put you on a pedestal. And then when they find out you're human, uh, then they say, well, you just really totally fucked me over. I want my money back. <laughs> and yes, I said, and yes, I said it that bluntly. Cause I've received those messages. Yeah. I want some, I want somebody who knows as much about what I do if not more. Now that may sound counterintuitive, but follow me here. If they know as much about me, about what I do as I do or more, then two things are going to happen. A, and actually I'm going to put them A and B, but they're actually equally they're equally valuable, is they understand what they're investing in. Yeah. So when they see that it's going to take a little while or they see that there are steps to it, they know the science behind it they know why this matters and they're good and they're going to work with it and b the conversations with them are going to be different it's not going to be them saying well i don't know you tell me it's going to be it's going to be more like all right all right so you got the process uh, tell me what you need and when they come up with ideas those ideas tend to enhance the project rather than stall it because now you have to put them back on a track.
2: Yeah. And I teach the same thing, not just with the clients that I get, but as a manager or owner of a company, before you outsource anything, and I see this happen with social media and digital marketing, and I own an agency and I have just heard stories about this, where people give it to somebody and say, they're the experts, I'm gonna let them do it. And they're following a system, just like you said, the funnel guy did what he does. He didn't do what you wanted. So if you as an owner don't know what the possibilities are and what you want done, you're hiring blindly and you're gonna get screwed over every time.
1: Because
2: they're gonna do what they think is right And if that's not right for my business, then I just wasted a whole bunch of money.
1: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give an, I'll give another candid shout out in case he's listening. Um, Adam Urbanski, a man who I can relate to on a first name basis, 15 years ago, he was a client of mine for about six months, um, He's a, he's a friend of mine. I love the guy. I went to a seminar. Um, I took the attract clients like crazy course. Now I'm dating myself because that's so far back in his trajectory. So you get an idea of what era this was when I was working with him. Now, um, he at the time had challenges outsourcing things like uh and what he said is i have to program my own sales letters because i have to bring them to life as i do them i just can't type it on a word document and hand it to you sorry i know you want the business but i can't give it to you because i was doing different types of work at the time and i was the guy you handed that stuff off to okay so yeah. so he so i i persuaded him to try it you know type it up in a word document and give it to me we did the process and it was like the guy in his riding lawnmower. I mean, Adam could have said, "Give me my riding lawnmower back," and I would have known what he meant. Uh, yeah. Now, here's another thing. Uh, he also got me involved in setting up funnels for his webinars. Uh, he was doing like twice weekly webinars back then. and this is back when webinars were a fresh new thing. And uh, the first time, and the, and uh, and he said, "Okay, well, and rather than do it myself, I will delegate it to you." And he gave me a step by step checklist that was 3 pages long and he insisted that i follow that checklist and i thought i can set up a webinar i don't need adam's freaking checklist so i <laughs> set it up and as soon as i and as soon as i sent him the link said your webinar is up ready to go he said did you follow the checklist uh, yeah because i didn't follow the checklist i didn't articulate his vision at all i had to do it over again yep that was, and, I, and I'm giving him that shout out because I'm I'm, I'm actually praising his skills as a mentor, uh, and and that's where I learned that whole thing and how and how it's important if you want to quickly automate your outsourcing in the sense that you get people to give you what you want. Take that time, articulate the vision, and enforce upon them to at least the first time do it exactly your way so that they see why all the steps matter. And then if they have their own shortcuts or their own way of doing the process, then they can innovate it, but at least they know why and how it needs to look a certain way on the customer facing side. And then they can create that however they need to.
2: Yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. We're still on the same page,
1: Adam. Yeah. So, I mean, I know, I know, people might have tuned to this saying, "Okay, so what's the software I buy to do this?" And that's that's not what we're talking about here. I mean, this is a, I mean, we're automating the journey. It, that doesn't necessarily mean a tech stack. Although some of the stuff you do do technologically, it's about automating how your business works and how you get people on board with what you need to have accomplished so that you don't have to worry about it so after you get that person to they know how to podcast post a podcast episode for you you just hand it to them and you don't even think about it again every once in a while you go look just to make sure they're still on the same page with you but you don't have to obsessively check and review every episode every now every anymore because now you just have that level of trust that you know and that and that, and that means it's automated and it's off your plate
2: Yeah, exactly. Now, the one word of warning I do give people on tech stacks, and I made this mistake in the early years, is I would see every new shiny ball or squirrel, you know, Uh and I had 15 different pieces of software band-aided and bubblegum together, but I was only spending $25 or $30 a piece for the software, right? Yeah. and. It was just a jumbled mess. So having one of the reasons I love Keep, which, by the way, is the new name for Infusionsoft, it was Infusionsoft back when I started.
1: Can you, uh, uh, let me interrupt you. Can, I, can you clarify? My understanding is that Keep is a variation of Infusionsoft, that they're actually two either two different systems or two different levels of a system under the same umbrella. Can you disambiguate that for me and our listeners? Am I right about that or is it a different story?
2: It is a different story. Keep is the new brand. Infusionsoft has gone away. Okay. What was Infusionsoft the classic version that everybody had? The Keep version is a very UI friendly, simple, easy to use system. Okay. Whereas so many people thought Infusionsoft, of course... um, Russell Brunson started doing the Confusionsoft
1: thing, right? Uh yeah, I I remember. Again, back when I was the guy you handed it off to, when I was in in the web in the webmaster business, you know, before 2011 2012, when I had a client and uh, when I was bringing them on board, and I was doing volume business at the time, like uh, 40 50 clients, and uh, one of the things they filled on in their initial questionnaire was what email marketing software do you use, and they said Infusionsoft. My f- first thing I said is, oh.
2: Yeah <laughs> Well, I came on with Infusionsoft in 2014. Yeah. And for me, I'm a very visual graphics. Um, it, it was a lifesaver. And when I added up all the 15 different pieces of software I was using, they, they recruited me for about two years and I kept saying, my people will never spend $400 a month on this. Why would I, why would I ever do this? And then when I looked at the software I could replace, I was spending $600 a month for all the little pieces that were band-aided and bubblegum yeah. together. So I switched. I literally 12X my company in 12 months.
1: Yeah. I, okay. I I do use a tech stack, um, but and, and mine's very simple. Active Campaign, uh, Thrivecart, and Membership Sites Builder and Wishlist Member. All the websites are WordPress. Sure. So That's, I, that 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 I mean, aside from a couple little things, I'm not even thinking I'm off the top of my head that are so minor. They're like three or four percent of that picture. That's the whole thing. And I don't. And and uh, before and before I even allow myself to consider adding anything into it, I ask myself: Does that thing that I think I'm that I'm being told I'm missing, or that I may think I'm missing, is it really missing?
2: Right. Well, the thing I love about the new version of Keep, so
1: yeah. there's, Keep,
2: and then there's Keep Classic, which is the traditional Infusionsoft version. Uh,
1: that that's where, that's right. That's where it was because I, if I remember correctly, if uh, up until maybe I don't know, if it was a year ago, two years ago, you, your marketing was bifurcating between Classic Infusionsoft and Keep. But what you've done now is you've put everything under the Keep name, but there's still a, sort of a classic version of it for people who still like that.
2: Yeah, and I don't okay. work for Infusionsoft. I'm a partner with them. So. Well, I,
1: I, yeah, that that I got from your bio, but uh, yeah. but uh, but but my understanding is to be a partner with them. You are pretty integrated in terms of being on the inside of how all that stuff works. I mean, when I when I run across a Keep partner, I feel like I'm dealing with Keep. That's how good a job that company does uh, integrating you guys.
2: Yeah, they do absolutely. So the thing I love about the new the new version of Keep is I use Keep and I use a program called Customer Hub for my membership site. Yep, Those I know what that is. Only, the only two pieces I use. Yeah. Keep includes a pipeline, so I don't need pipe drive. It includes a calendar, so I don't need Calendly. It includes in the United States, a business phone line, so I don't need Grasshopper or Google Ooh, yeah. Voice.
1: uh uh-huh. Oh, that's the, oh, that's the other one. Ring Central for my toll free number, which these yeah. days really only my mom calls because most of my stuff is done on Zoom or Skype. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, with with Ring Central, they've moved from on they've moved their focus from entrepreneurial type ventures to more corporate business. So I am on a plan with Ring Central right now that is like the is like the grandchild of their grandfathered plan, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and and in fact. In fact, I was going to cancel it and go to something like Grasshopper. And as soon as soon as they heard that, they cut my rate in half to make it competitive oh, because because I because they even told me we have about six of you left on the on this system. And to us, this is found money, because as long as we make keep this working, we never hear from you guys. We collect the money. And I said, thank you for your honesty. I'll stay. It's easier.
2: There you go. Well, it's included for free and keep. And. Yeah. With my clients, because of the volume that I do for Keep, my clients get all of that with 2,500 contacts for 129 bucks a month. Um, includes landing pages. They don't have to build. So we don't need Thrivecart. We don't need, it's just Keep and yeah. Customer Hub. Those are the only two things m- the majority of my clients are using. Oh, yeah, and, um, yeah and i'm happy to pass those savings along to anybody that needs it just sure. contact me we can do a call and see if something if it makes sense by the way for those on active campaign who i know just had some price increases we do have a switcher program that i can bring you on for 50% off for the yeah. first 6 months and we can help do the migration for you yeah all kinds um, of good stuff we can do with
1: that. Yeah, candidly, I'm not looking to change. I actually love Active Campaign. I love the stack I have because I'm just so familiar with it. But uh yeah. but but here's the decision point that I see for folks. And and I and I and I love and I support uh the idea of having a very small tech stack where you get as many pieces as possible under one roof. Now, uh what I love about that is you basically deal with one company, you get most of it. Uh that but there are some folks who are still going to say, but what if I end up not using that? Or what if for some reason their phone stuff just stops working and for some reason they can't get it to work and it shuts down my business? Um, I can't just replace the phone thing. Now I got to replace the whole thing. What do you say to them?
2: Uh, A, it hasn't happened in the nine years I've been with the company. Of course. <laughs> um, B, I have to say their customer service is uh, – because of the level that I'm at with them, I get recruited by all of the CRMs. I've had companies send me $250 gift cards just to get my staff together for a luncheon with them to show Mm -hmm. them a demo. Um, And the customer service that we bring, both my agency and the combination with Keep we have things solved so quickly that nobody, that there's nothing that we've ever had that has been an issue that has caused even a lapse in business for my clients.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's a real funny tangent, but I'll tell you the last time I ever used Infusionsoft um, and it was actually called Infusionsoft by then, which, you know, gives you an idea of the range. Um, now, one of my clients currently um, on my Business Creators Institute side, uses Keep. And uh, they actually have somebody else who does all the work in Keep and they love it. So it's great. Uh, now, I, the last time I was involved in it is when I was getting out of that business of I'm the guy you hand it off to. And one of my clients, I'm, uh, uh, okay, I, if I say her name, um it kind of takes away from the mystique of a mystery Uh i've kept going for six years so the only thing i the only i can say is she has a she has an eight-figure business uh she's based in florida and i worked with her when she was when she was still doing that as a side hustle if you recognize the story you know who i'm talking about and a lot of our listeners do she might even be one of them for all i know but anyway um I told her I was getting out of that business she said oh cool I was gonna have interns do your job anyway it's like yes okay she's on board awesome all right so she said and then she said all right so um can I invest in one of your live training sessions where you get on a call with my interns and teach them how to do all this stuff and I yeah (laughs) let's do it I love that stuff so one of the things I did was teaching them how to build a list, a, a tagging, and a form in Infusionsoft and embed it in one of the client's web pages. And on the and, and during the demo, I set it up for them. And just so they could see how it worked on the screen, I opted in using my cat Stella's email address. Yes, my cats <laughs> have email addresses. So two weeks later, one of the people, one of those interns who was on the call was doing, uh, was doing client prospecting on behalf of the client, uh, left a message for my office. And the message was Colin for St- the message was for Stella. Yes. So yeah. the, so there's a there's a, one of the bonus sections in my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy is called Success Coach Lee's voicemail for cat grows business exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and my point and my point was is uh, is I you, you know, I had to call them out over it. I I emailed them back and I attached a picture of Stella and I said, she's ready. Just say when. and 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 that same intern wrote back and said you know as I was making that call I thought that might be your cat but I left the message anyway just to be on the safe side (laughs) and one of the points one of the points I made in that book is make the damn call
2: exactly because
1: even if Stella is a cat maybe the human being calls back and does business with you
2: Exactly. I and, and,
1: say. And, and, and now the human being thinks it's funny. He's like, oh, those people are jokesters. I might enjoy working with them. They seem fun.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So as we wrap up here... Uh, Let's, you know, let's bring this to relevance for our listeners. So what are some of the industries and verticals do you see as having the biggest potential to add this automation? And especially, you know, in this world, we still have the classic small, local, or regional businesses, and also for side hustlers, the second career startup, that sort of thing.
2: Absolutely. Side hustlers, anybody dealing with the online business presence of any sort, um, and anybody that has repetition in their fulfillment or their lead gen.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I, especially for a side hustler somebody, cause I was a side hustler for two years and I, I know after you work your full-time job, man, how much do you have left? Exactly.
0: But my, I mean, my side hustles,
1: my side hustle is my ticket out because I decided that rather than pursue the path after my MBA to become a training and development director for a Fortune 100, I was just going to go into the training and development business myself. And I was starting out with a with a firm that supported small training and development firms. And man, so much of that work for my primary client at the time, I was thinking, can't I just write a script for this?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And uh, so, and and the other, the other thing that was really challenging was prospecting I mean I was working a full-time job you know there's only so much you can do on your lunch hour and there are only so many lunch hours where you can actually skip lunch
2: absolutely and for my side hustlers they love I set up a text every time a sale goes through Uh so they get a text that says cha-ching you just made more money
1: I love I I love it so what I wish I'd had the time Was something, and this was like 2003, 2004, so it didn't exist the same way it does today. I wish I'd had something that could, um, in a way, automate or systemize my prospecting conversations so that I could book prospect calls where I could set up, like I have a calendar set up where it has Mm -hmm. like uh, maybe um, a couple hours in the evening and then. And then availability on the lunch hour three days a week. So I can catch them at a couple of different times during the day. And I could even make adjustments. I had flexibility on when my lunch hour is. So I can make it like 12 o'clock one day, one o'clock another day, 11 o'clock another day. So as to give them a few options depending on when their lunch hour was.
2: Yep. I can do that. We
0: can
1: do yeah. that. Usually. Yeah. And I, I could have also so just say, okay, you can book a call with me anywhere from 11 to 11 to 2. And once, and then set it up so it only allows one call that day. Once that yeah. one slot is filled, that's booked. And I just know, hey, if I booked one for Thursday, well, on Thursday, I'm taking lunch at one because that's when my call is. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that had existed back then. So I just give that as an example of what side hustle is where prospecting is something they just don't have time for. You can use automation to make that happen. I mean, and you can, you can use, I described. Set it up so that you don't have to fuss over exactly when your lunch hour is. If you're fortunate enough to work for a full-time employer that doesn't mind if you don't take lunch at exactly the same time every day, you're pretty much made. Because you can't – because because another thing that side hustles are going to be in a position of is they don't want to burn all their PTO on yeah. – just stuff cuz they still want to take vacations, they still want to have the buffer when it when they get sick or need a mental health day. And then there comes a the thing when they do hand in that when they do tell their job to take this job and their boss to take this job and shove it so to speak. They want that big PTO payoff that's going to equal a couple paychecks till they get things really ramped up. I mean, my, my last year there, I kept my PTO at the absolute max. I mean, I had to take days off because I was in use it or lose a territory because I had calculated that when I quit and I took my PTO payoff, that was the equivalent of eight more weeks of me getting the same income that I had. That was eight weeks I could focus on getting enough clients in. So I needed that. So I had the pressure off. And I think a lot of side hustlers in the same way. So hopefully they listened to some of what we had to share and we, um and we helped them. So we're closing up now. You mentioned earlier, normally I do the guest i do the gift presentation for the guest you kind of jumped the gun on me and that's okay uh you hmm. mentioned an activity tracker so the first thing i want to do is i want to tell people where to find it it's if you go to tracker.keepitsimplestrategies.info that's tracker.keepitsimplestrategies.info i said that twice Go to the show notes if you need to read it. There's a link there. You can click on it. And this is where you get that worksheet that uh that Jamie mentioned. We can double your productivity, work less. So it's that same thing. She explained how the worksheet works and how she uses it with, with her people who help her to create automation in her business. You can do it for yourself. Now I'm gonna opt in for it myself. I'm gonna check it out. I might get some use out of it for my adult supervision. I have uh, for myself, at least for right now, an account with a company called Teamwork, which is one of the leading, uh, which is yeah, one of the leading project yeah. management softwares. Yeah, and uh, I'm the only user, and I just use it so uh, rather than use my email as a checklist, uh, when an email comes in and something needs to address, or I'm planning out my week or whatever, I just set up tasks for myself with due dates, and I upload any relevant files or information in the comments on each task. Every morning, I get a digest of what's due today. And, uh, and then I can also look at it in teamwork and I can say, have I piled too much on this day, what's really a deadline? What do I need to move? And then also, if I if I get ahead of schedule and I decide I want to do some more work, I can scroll into upcoming days, find a few things and just check them off.
2: By the way, you can do that all inside of Keep these days, too.
1: I know, I know. And uh, yeah, so this worksheet, uh, from what I understand, can help do some of that same thing for you in work show up format so i'm going to check it out for myself and i need everybody in the audience to do that i need you to do this even if you believe you have it nailed down take a look at it because even if you if your process is buttoned up tight there could be five percent in this worksheet that makes what you're doing ten percent more effective so just mm-hmm. take a look at it give yourself that gift and with that jamie Golan, thank you so much for being with us today it's been an honor and believe me in education
2: thanks adam likewise